Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie D and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 16th, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We're on page 54, starting with the third paragraph, just reading that little paragraph that starts with, hence we saw that reason, reading that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service. The 12 Steps of OA is Carmela G, 12 Traditions, Russ M, and readers of our text are Ginger C and Lynn F. The reference number for yesterday's special edition, so that's Sunday, September 15th, is 13,401, so that's 13401. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Carmela G. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Carmela. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you for your service. The 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, the human being, Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight. Carmela, we're losing you. Are you there? I'm here. Okay, there you are. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever, wherever possible, except when to do so would in, injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. I will now ask Russ M. to please read the 12 traditions. Russ, good morning. Morning, Katie. Russ M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less, the pro- less problems of money, property, and pre- prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Russ. All right, how this meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature. Then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics. We are on page 54, starting with the third paragraph, hence we saw that reason. And I will now ask Ginger C. to get us started. Ginger, please go ahead. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. So hence, we saw that reason isn't everything. 
Neither is reason as most of us use it entirely dependable, though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who prove that man could never fly? And um, so at this point in time, the newspapers are talking um, that we'll never see flight. And um, Wright Brothers hadn't proved that yet, but that's what they were saying. That was best, their best minds, their best thinking is that we would never see flight. And obviously that's not the case because many of you will be on a flight soon to Newark, New Jersey for that wonderful convention happening in November. So this best reasoning, um, thank God it's not entirely dependable and there is another way because my best reasoning always told me, you'll never get out of the food, Ginge. This is never going to happen because I had tried many, many times to put the fork down to say goodbye waking up feeling horrible and then only within a matter of hours usually minutes i'd be back at starbucks in my favorite drive through spot getting my breakfast of champions a cake pop and a caramel frappuccino to go and this happened over and over and over and i could not stop diets work until they don't and so my best mind you're screwed this is never going to happen, and you just might as well accept it because you're going to be eating until that last breath. So thank God that the pain of the food does what it needs to do, and I finally became convinced in a way that I had never been convinced before. The head has to sink to the heart. And I finally accepted, yeah, you are a real compulsive overeater. You're dying, and what are you going to do? And I didn't know what I was going to do. I just prayed, and I was sincere with that prayer, God help me. And that's the mystery and miraculousness of this program. Tomorrow is my husband's birthday. And my beginning began on that day four years ago when I called Southwest and I got a ticket to Virginia Beach. Didn't really know what was going to happen. Didn't really want to go. Was eating at the time. Brought my food with me. Wasn't planning on stopping. And then this mysterious power that's down deep within me had other ideas. And God's written our book since we were born and conceived. And I just have to follow it. I have to just trust this higher power always and let it unfold exactly as it's supposed to. But thank God that I'm not counting on my reasoning because my reasoning tells me I can't do it. It will never happen. And I'll never forget leaving Virginia Beach, and I thought God was just laughing. I think God's got such a sense of humor, but not really funny at this point in time because I'm two days out of the food, and I am a little insane. And my gateway took me right to a Dunkin' Donuts. And I stopped and I stared and I did not know what to do. And I just texted my sponsor, what do I do? Time, please. And he goes, well, I think you got another flight back to Denver. So you keep walking to your next gate. So thank goodness there's a higher power and you can do this. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger. All right. Before we get our list of names, just a few orientation information uh details we are on page 54 starting with the third paragraph we're reading uh it starts with hence we saw that reason and uh, we just read that one paragraph and if you have not shared in the last couple days uh we ask that you pause and, and let some other people speak up so i've got my pen and paper and i'm ready to take your name 
star one to unmute your phone. Leslie W. Leslie, got ya. I got scared I wasn't being heard. Good morning, friends. Maria from Georgia. Got ya. Maria, what's the first initial of your last name? H. Maria H. We've got Leslie W. and Maria H. Who else would like to throw their hat in the ring on this paragraph? Jody E. from California. Got you, Jody. Very different Devo than Karen. last time. Devorah <laughs> and Melanie, thank you for throwing your hat in there. Larry. I got you, Larry. All right, so hang on. Um, I think we've got our group, my friends. We have Leslie W., Maria H., Jody E., Devora S., Melanie C., and Larry K. All right, Leslie W., get us started. Thanks, Katie, for your service. I'm Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. And um, I was just looking at this short paragraph, thinking about my own reasoning um, in, in my disease and looking back on all the crazy stuff that I would tell myself, like here's where my reasoning took me. Um, reasoning isn't everything. And it is surely, surely not it's in the mind of a compulsive overeater is not a dependable thing because in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning when everybody in the house was asleep, I would think, I would reason to myself that I could get up and have some graham crackers and peanut butter or some ice cream or some cereal in the middle of the night and it wouldn't count because nobody was around to see me do it. So it's like it never actually happened. That made sense to me at the time. Um, when I was tired um, from lack of sleep and up all night with a new baby, I would reason that that extra bowl of oatmeal or um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich would give me that pick-me-up that I needed to carry me through my day. That's, that's the solution to eat more food. Um, that's going to make me feel better, and that's going to give me more energy. That's where my disease took me. Um, or how about this one, that plate of brownies sitting on the counter that somebody brought over? Um, you know, it's not really a binge. If you come, my reasoning told me that it's not really a binge if I just take one brownie every 30 minutes. doesn't matter that the whole plate of brownies was gone by the end of the day and my husband comes home and goes, what happened to those brownies that so-and-so brought over? That was my reasoning. Those were the things that I would tell myself. Or how about when I looked in the mirror and my perception was so distorted when I saw myself that even though I was 60 pounds overweight, I, I, was, I was looking at myself in the mirror going, I'm fine. Um, I mean, I have so many more stories like this, but the thing is, you know, I can't count on my mind, what my mind will tell me to do. That's why I need God's help and God's power. And that's why I need the fellows on this line who tell me the truth. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. And I'm going to pass. Thanks, Katie. 
Thank you, Leslie W. We'll now have Maria H. followed by Jody E. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Thank you, Katie. Uh, I was looking at this paragraph and saw that reason isn't everything. I um, thought that I could reason my way out of everything. Um, I think I know um, so much, but how much do I really know? Um, I thought I knew how to solve my, my food problem, um, but clearly I did not. Um, I was at a top weight of 225 pounds, um, looking at myself and not recognizing myself in the mirror, but at the same time thinking I was thin. Um, uh, I tried diet groups, over-exercising, and briefly not eating, although that was never really a, a strategy for me because I just never could do that. Um, my reason told me I could stop, but my history had proven time and time and time and time again that I couldn't. Um, and other decisions I thought I, you know, not just related to the food, but step one, the unmanageability of my life, um, the decision to marry rather than to look at myself honestly, um, the decision to work for myself rather than to seek God's will for my life. Um, this paragraph makes me, reminds me that I don't know what's best for my life and that I have to seek out God's will. Um, and today I must run my thoughts through a lie detector, if you will. And my lie detector is um, writing is a really good source of clarity for me. But also, you know, if I can't get a clear picture of God's will out of my writing, then I need to go to a fellow or two fellows or three fellows um, to help me tease out the truth. And I love what um, a previous share said that, you know, God's written my book for me before I was even born. And um, let me cling to that, that, you know, there's a greater purpose for me. And, um, you know, that, that I don't know. I have really have very little knowledge of what God's will is for me. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Maria H. Next up, Jody E. Followed by Devorah S. Jody, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie G. Good morning. Thanks for your service. This is Jody E. Gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, and bulimic in California. Well, I tried to use reason also to manage my disease. I figured, well, if I'm overweight, uh, I need to diet. I need to eat fewer calories. So rather than eat, I will starve myself and drink coffee. And that should do it. And it did. <laughs> I did lose weight. I would, I ended up binging eventually and getting very thin and depleting my bone mass at, uh, before the age of 30, which is not a good idea. Uh, which I didn't think about. I didn't know that much. I didn't reason that far. But I got thin, which is what I wanted. And then I got crazy, crazier and crazier. And the management of the weight and the eating became more and more difficult as I, the binges got more serious over time. And then coming into OA, at the age of 29, no one was abstaining. No one believed, seemed to believe in, in abstinence. And so that was confusing and it took uh, 
some t I had to actually leave OA to find a group of people who were abstaining in a sister program. But that didn't work for me either because I didn't actually work the steps. <laughs> I abstained uh, and I ate three healthy meals a day, weighed and measured, but I never seemed to be able to get through the steps. So back to OA and to finding eventually a vision for you and the big book once again and a group of people who were abstaining entirely, which is what I needed to do from those foods that triggered the phenomenon of craving. So all of this, um, I was powerless to figure out on my own. It took time. It took what it took. And I'm just grateful that through, through my attempts at working the steps, which I certainly did, and through prayer and meditation, turning my will and my life over to the care of God, praying for knowledge of his will, I've come to a place of happy, contented abstinence and a place of patient progress in finding and doing my higher power's will for me, for which I am so grateful. Thank you all for being there for me. Thank you, Jody E. Hey, if you're just joining us, I just want to let everybody know we're on page 54 of the big book. We're starting with that third paragraph, hence we saw that reason. And we're going to go with Devorah S. followed by Melanie C. Devorah, please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much. Good to hear you, Katie, and everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. Thank you so much for your experience, strength, and hope. Um, Zavora S. from New Jersey recovered, and uh, thank you, God. And, you know, my best reasoning um, really, um, at that time, I thought it was the best reasoning because I thought that, you know, you know, if you had the life that I had, then, of course, it made sense that I should eat. I mean, that's it. That's it. You had, you know, lived in the house that I lived in, had my children, had my job. That was it. That was like, of course, you'd understand that that's why I had to eat. And I really believe that. I really, really believe that I work hard, so I, I'm, I'm entitled to this. I have, I have uh, you know, all these situations. I've had, you know, all kinds of things in my way, you know, life situations. And therefore, I'm entitled. To, and therefore, I'm entitled. I eat this way. And then it went the other way. Then, you know, it was like, okay, so now I know what I'm going to do. Now I know how I'm going to control this thing. You know, I'm going to check out you know, the surgery, I'm going to check out this doctor, I'm going to check out that, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. And it was all done. I really thought, I believe that this was stuff that was really, you know, my mind told me it was a good thing to do, I was going to do it. This magazine said that was a great thing to do, I was going to do it. And I, I really reasoned that that was, that was the truth. It really can help me. Um, until it didn't help me anymore. Until I crawled into this room, you know, weighing 280 pounds and being sick and tired and high blood pressure and diabetes and running to doctors and, you know, not getting anywhere, just going in that, in a, in a hamster's cage around and around and around in that wheel um, until I really, you know, heard the solution here. You know, my biggest problem is my mind and what it tells me to go and the places it takes me to. That was it. And I had to really, you know, understand that, you know, and the allergy, the substances that I was putting into my body to cause me cravings. 
So, you know, all these things had to be dealt with. And thank you, God. And it continues each day. And it doesn't just stop there. The allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. I have to continue each day. Because, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm still the same person. And I have to re- reconnect, re get connected again with my higher power. Because, again, my mind forgets. My best reasoning, I wake up in the morning and it could be, okay, on my mind self will, but I have to stop and pause and remember, you know, you know, the, the first three steps, turning my life and my will over to God, pausing, um, making that connection again, seeking God throughout the day, living in the solution and not what Devora thinks is the best reasoning way to go. So, um, you know, I, I constant you know, diligence and and um, work is in this program. Um, and and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devora. We'll now have Melanie C. Followed by Larry K. Melanie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, calling in from Oregon this morning. I wanted to focus on that line. There are only four of them here that neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, though it emanate from our best minds. If you don't mind, can I change that though to because? (laughs) Because it emanates from my best mind. I don't uh, mean any disrespect for the writing here of this wonderful book, but I just had to, you know, just feel that in my heart when it was read today, just four precious little lines. Because it emanates from my mind. What I learned coming in here um, that was actually kind of a a good thing. I, I, I kind of felt like I was off the hook finally with the solution to back it up is that, um, and I'm going to use these words because I needed to elevate this food deal, uh, you know, to some of us call it heroin, some of us call it whatever. I had to elevate that. I'm an alcoholic in the food realm, a heroin addict in the food realm um, with alcoholism 100% of the time. And that ism centers in my mind. The greater aspect of this disease, I was told, centers in my mind. That's my thinking. And I would love to be able to count the times just to tell you how often um, I would share something with a group of people, have an opinion, have a belief system around a, a, a group of people, and be the only one that thinks the way I think. The only one that thinks the way I think. And that was reasoning that brought me to that place. I reasoned it out. I put a lot of time in it. I put what I thought was a lot of intelligence into it. And that's the best that I could come up with. I had um, this thought when uh, the sentences were read that about the, the continual process of how I process things. And from that, I was told that whenever I'm disturbed, that Melanie was disturbed all of the time coming in here. Whenever I was disturbed, there was something wrong with me. And that came from my thinking as well. And what they were saying is that I don't, in that frame of mind, I cannot process reality at all. I am activated by disease. The operating central piece of my brain is in high gear. I don't process reality. And I do not process any kind of reasoning with any kind of accuracy. And so from that particular piece, I learned the way that when you put parts and pieces on this end of the conveyor belt outside of my nose for a Rolls Royce and it goes through my brain of reasoning, it comes out the other end of Twinkie and preferably a truckload of Twinkies. That's the best that I can do. So what we do here in these rooms by 
working with each other, studying the big book, applying the steps to that reasoning, I can build a paralleled life so that I can look like, feel like, and fit in like I can function next to you. And with that, I stop. Thank you. Melanie C. Excuse me. All right. Next up, we'll have Larry Kay, and then we will open up the meeting again. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much. Larry Kay recovered from Chicago. You know, here's where my reasoning led me. I, I remember when I got to the rooms of OA, don't insult my intelligence, please. You're telling me that a spiritual, I heard God, Centered solution through these steps is going to is going to allow me to cross the bridge to freedom where I will no longer want the food and I will no longer want the food peacefully. Come on, doesn't make sense. Let me tell you what made sense to me then. There's a weight loss facility in my area. Um, now it, it's it's not you know it's 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 not a fad faddish type of weight loss facility. It um, I'll read to you. It uh, offers multiple FDA-approved appetite suppressants, and they work, and they're FDA-approved. They're safe. That makes sense to me. It's science-driven. You're going to suppress my appetite. Now, I'm not knocking that. Maybe for a normal person, that may work. See, because they do, they do individual assessments. They're medical weight loss specialists, they, are, they have degrees, and they are renowned throughout the region for their level of hands-on care and, and, and assessments for individuals. That makes sen- that made sense to my reason. Give me an appetite suppressant. They also, if you're, you know, when they, when they are, are looking for specialized approaches, and they, they do it holistically, some counseling, meals, supplements. Uh, for some people, fat-burning injections, that made sense to me. They're FDA-approved. See, so, and I'm bringing that up because I remember what appealed to my sense of reason, science. You know, this is about um, weight loss is a science thing to me. I'm trained in science. That makes sense. There are experts, world-renowned experts that will tell you that's so, and that makes sense to me. And then I come into the rooms and you're telling me that you haven't eaten compulsively. You were straightened out. You, you had a spiritual malady that was straightened out and that's why you don't eat compulsively anymore and you're doing so happily are you kidding me until it happened to me when I submerged my false pride and subjected myself to this process this 12-step spiritual in nature and then it happened to me and it didn't have to be FDA approved it didn't even have to be backed by scientists. It worked. I cannot deny that this spiritual process, this spiritual program of action changed me to where I no longer eat and I'm doing so happily. And thank you, God, for this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Mary Kay. And before we take our next list of names, I just want to remind everyone where we are. We are on page 54, starting with the third paragraph, hence we saw that reason. Our suggestion is if you haven't shared in the last couple, or if you have shared in the last couple of days, you give others an opportunity to share. And I'll take names. Hi, Lisa, Lisa B. Lisa 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 from New Jersey. Okay. Lisa Lisa Lisa. Lisa. Um, I know that there are many names that have been said. 
the only names I've heard are Lisa W and some, I mean, excuse me, Lisa B and somebody W. Lisa JR. I got Toby. I got Lisa, hang on one second. Toby and Lisa JR and um, Fran, but I heard a W. Oh, duh. I'm sorry. My brain's not working, Toby W. Excuse me. That was really an obnoxious noise. Okay, so we have Lisa W, Lisa B, Toby W, Lisa JR, Fran M. Um, who else would like to share? Darian K. Mona J. Darian and uh, Tina. Christina J. Mona A. Hang on one second. I got you, Ramona. Okay, so we're going to. Not sure if we have time for all those beeps, but let's just see what we have. So I have Lisa B, Toby W, Lisa J R, Fran M, Darian K. There was a Tina. Christina. Uh, oh, was it Christina? It was Christina right. J. Okay, just wanted to make sure, Christina. And then we'll go with Ramona. So if everyone could mute, that's not Lisa B. We'll get started. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, I really need to be here this morning. I need to hear everything that was shared. I am a re- I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm a compulsive overeater to the core of my being. And some of the shares this morning, you know, just brought me back to the lies that I tell myself about food and you know that is my drug of no choice that's what I go to to give me that effect and as a compulsive overeater I need to hear people share those things and it just it brought me back you know to who and what I really am and that's why I'm so grateful for this line uh, with this book this phone line this healthy meeting and today the freedom I have knowing who and what I really am because now I have a chance to be happy and free I know what the problem is, you know. The problem is that I use food as my solution, you know. I need a spiritual solution. So when they're talking about reason, it's a cause. Reason means it's a cause, explanation, or a justification for an action or event. And um, this is the message of depth and weight that I'm hearing on this meeting. And that's why... Um, when I came to this line and I started hearing people talk about what they did with food and people that are recovered, I I believed that it could happen for me. And, um, you know, I just felt led to share about on page 86, it talks about um, what we do with our mind. You know, under these con- conditions, it says, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. Well, I could never employ my mind, you know, um, in a way that was going to be effective. And that's what I've learned here through going through the 12 steps in entire abstinence and sharing honestly with my fellows. You know, I had an AA sponsor tell me many years ago, the more honest you are with another alcoholic, you get closer to God. And I have found that to be so true. The more honest I am with a compulsive overeater that's recovered, that has experienced this process, I actually get closer to God. It's not through isolating on my own and trying to do do this work on my own, but through sharing with my fellows and going through this work, now, you know, my thought life is placed on a much higher plane. My mind is 
is the deeper aspect of my problem, but my mind is restored today, but it's only one day at a time, you know, maintaining that spiritual connection. And, you know, those lies come in still. They'll say, well, it won't be a big deal if I have more of this. It's not that big of a deal. It could still be that thought of surely enough time has gone by, this time it'll be different. And even though I'm recovered and living in these steps, you know, those thoughts can still find a foothold. And that's why I need to stay close to this program and remember who and what I really am. I'm pleased. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B., Next up, Toby W. followed by Lisa J.R. Good morning, Toby. Hi there, Katie. It's Toby W. Recovered in the Boston area and grateful. Thinking about this particular part, you know, when I think about some of the reasoning, the thoughts, they were so ridiculous that it was total insanity. Um... After I get abstinent, and I'm abstinent for a while, then I'll go back to OA. I mean, how insane is that thought? And there were so many thoughts like that that was totally insane, that I can do it alone, I don't need anybody, and therefore I don't have to go to OA until I am recovered. And, (laughs) I mean... I think about it and I laugh out loud and I laugh at others as well. But what I'm grateful for is the fellowship because when the thoughts come and the thoughts, thank God, don't come around the food anymore. Thank you, God, they don't. But when other thoughts come, such as should I respond to my daughter in a certain way or whatever. I can't trust those thoughts either. I have to run them by somebody else. I have to run them by God. I have to sit and pause and wait and hear and then wait again and run it by a few people. And is it reasonable for me to say or do what what I think I'm supposed to do? Because nine out of ten times, it's no, no, keep your mouth shut. Don't do anything. It's none of your business. Stay out of it. Or it is your business, but stay out of it anyway. And um, I'm just so grateful for this program. I am so grateful for the big book. I'm so grateful for the steps. I am just filled with gratitude today. And thank you, God, I don't listen to the voices. I'm not schizophrenic. I'm just a food addict that hears voices that tell me lies. And today, I know they're lies, and I don't have to listen. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Toby W. And we'll now have Lisa J.R., followed by Fran M. Lisa, please go ahead. Hey, Katie G., good morning, and thank you for hearing through the cacophony of voices this morning. Um, appreciate your service. Lisa Jr. here. Gratefully recovered one day at a time by God's grace. Um, reason is a funny thing because for me, you know, being an addict, um, reasoning was really a self uh, or a dishonest behavior that gave me a green light into self-seeking behavior. You know, anytime my column three 
was uh, threatened. Um, you know, my my self-esteem, my personal relations, my security, et cetera, et cetera. Boy, I could begin to reason my way into identifying out, into behaving uh, back in the old addicted behavior. Uh, I could use reasoning to see things, uh, be in denial. It really kicked off a lot of uh, really negative things for me. Um, so, you know, I'm an intelligent person, but I'm intelligent enough to know that I don't have all the answers. And I love on uh, 47 where it says, if we're willing to believe, you know, that there's a power greater than myself upon this cornerstone, a wonderfully spiritual structure can be built. And I'm prefacing that. Um, but it's one of my favorite things because I know that if I reason with my naked eye and I look at that cornerstone as I'm building this spiritual structure, my eye will lie to me. I can't see a straight line. So I have to take the plumb line and I have to check myself through the inventory process on a regular basis to make sure that my, my spiritual structure is going up straight or the walls will come down on me. Um, so I'm just very grateful um, for everybody being here this morning with that pass. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, <clears throat> next up we'll have Fran M. followed by Darian K. Good morning, Fran. Please go ahead. Fran? Press star one to unmute. Hi, Fran. can you hear me? We can Hi. now. Go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. Thanks, That's everybody, okay. for setting up the meeting this morning. Um, I just want to share, um, a lot of times, I think, um, for people who come in in different ways, I was a compulsive overeater. I do not eat compulsively over, I do not overeat compulsively anymore. Uh, I came in recently to vision because I couldn't gain the 10 pounds I needed to gain to be up at a normal weight. And here, too, is an example of reason. I figured I was fine being 10 pounds below the BMI because thin as well. Um, and now I, don't, I know that my mind when it comes to eating and a lot of other things is not always my friend. And so I defer to, you know, something that's more reasonable. In this case, my higher power is just a doctor's chart that says when you're at this weight, you're normal. When you're not at this weight, you're not and so I just want to share for people who have under-eating problems or compulsive exercising problems who are anorexic that the program really works in the same exact way because I've been at both ends of it. I used to feel I was addicted to sugar. I no longer do. Um, but I have other issues that I will use to take me out. And by take me out, I mean make me escape from being irritable, restless, and discontent, which is unfortunately too often my normal state. I also want to say that I'm happily ag agnostic, maybe even an atheist. I don't believe in any kind of person who is a god. I believe, though, in a higher power. And when this chapter talks about reason, I think, again, for people who may not see it as literally you know, reason is a great thing, and it's really great to be intelligent, and some of the smartest people in the world have brought us fantastic inventions and great things, and, you know, it's easy to just go all black or all white on this stuff. Reason is great, and a lot of times my mind really does help me. I think what the whole point of this particular paragraph is, is humility. Let's just 
make sure, I love what someone said earlier, put our reason through the lie detector test. In other words, let me be humble enough to know that sometimes my reason is really just a rationalization to get what I want, and sometimes what I want isn't always best for me. So for me, higher power and the whole concept of God is really about humility. It's knowing that I only see a part of the picture and who knows what biases I have. And as I once heard in another recovery program, I know that I don't know. That's a big thing that I know. And that doesn't mean all the time. Sometimes if my reason tells me to do something, it's perfectly okay. It's just suggesting that we get to know ourselves in a way that we know when we shouldn't listen to ourselves or when we should get another opinion. And uh, thanks for all the shares. I got a lot out of it. Thank you, Fran M. All right, Darian K. followed by Christina J. Darian, please go ahead. Hi, Katie. Can you hear me okay? You're loud and clear. Thank okay, you. Good. I'm driving through the mountains of the Berkshires. Um, yes, I'm Darian Kay, um, recovered compulsive overeater, and so grateful to hear everybody. Um, and that word reason, never, I never associated that with dieting. It just, first of all, when I saw, I don't know, what I should eat, what I should do, exercising, and all these other things, um, you know, in my mind, I just I couldn't find a reason to do all of it. It was um, it was too much. It was too much effort, um, and I didn't want to put the I just didn't want to put the work in. But I wanted the results. So, um, you know, I just you know wanted to wake up thin or go to a, a deprived country and starve or go to the hospital. Um, you know, and be on an IV so that maybe I didn't have to eat for a little while and I'll lose weight. You know, lots of reasonable <laughs> thoughts go through my mind. And those were the extremes. Those were the extremes that I thought about in my head to lose the weight because I really didn't, I really, really didn't believe that I could. Um, I tried, but I didn't try hard enough. Uh, it, no, I didn't really try. Um, and when I came to OA and I heard people and they, I saw the smiles on their face and the, the glow in their eyes, and um, and they were doing something that was so different than what I had done before. And you know, I followed my sister, my mom, into this program, and I just saw a difference. My mom was on all kinds of diets; none of them worked. This one did. My my sister, I didn't even know if she had a problem, but she was, you know, in the depths of depression and suicidal, and so. I just got so much from learning about this disease and this recovery, and you know, I just have to do it. I don't even have to think about it. If I think too much, there's a problem. I can't overthink, and so I have to keep it simple. I have to, for me, weigh and measure, not eat flour and sugar, and a lot of other things that are addictive for me, and and just be super grateful that I can at least be honest with myself um, through the help of my higher power. And so grateful for all of you. My heart gets so warm when I hear, you know, people that I know on this line and, and, and others that I don't know that I'm getting to know. I just so appreciate everybody. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me, Darian Kay. All right, next up we'll have Christina J. followed by Ramona M. Christina, please go ahead. 
Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service, and thank you for the fantastic shares on the line today. Um, you know, my higher power gave me a great gift. He gave me just about 60 years of um, my own crazy uh, reasonableness in all things in my life. I had no clue. I like to call it ignorant <laughs> self-reasonableness. Um, I had no clue I was an overeater. I knew there was something wrong with me, that I craved food, that I, I, I didn't know I was irritable, restless, discontent. I learned as a child to go on auto, I like to call it autopilot numb. When things got crazy, I just numbed out, and I figured if we just all forged ahead in whatever state we could figure it out in our minds, all the solutions we could figure out in our minds, that it would all work out and everything would fix itself, and that would be it. And, uh, of course, uh, eventually things did fix themselves, but in the meantime, I was using food to uh, cope with all the stresses. My state of unreasonableness got me in and out of diets. It got me staring at the magazine covers of the thin girls and the women and uh, realizing that I must get that way. I have to overexercise. I have to follow the latest diet because that's that's reasonable. That's what everybody else is doing, so by God, I'm going to do it. And that was my reasonableness, and then that, that didn't work, and I just got de more desperate and desperate, and I traveled across country to find specialists on brain chemistry, and I was just insane. And program, I found program, and I, I didn't find a recovery in the program in the OA room. So back out on my own state of crazy reasonable as I was, which brought me to losing two houses, one to a short sale, one to bankruptcy, got me to a ruined career, got me to um, 235 pounds overweight finally, and I had to live that way for a while until God blessed me with vision. But in the meantime, he was preparing me because I can remember those states of unreasonableness and say to myself, I don't know, I never knew, nothing I ever did worked, and so let me try this. And through this program, day by day, I just shared with someone yesterday, the miracle of the connection with a higher power is so subtle and so beautiful. Every day if I work this program, I begin to get a deeper and deeper walk with God. It's just happening naturally. And as long as I watch my thoughts, I don't know. I mean, I'm crazy. <laughs> my thoughts want to guide everything I do because that's how I learn to handle life. But that doesn't work. So thank you, everyone on the line, for your shares, and I'm grateful to be sharing today and realizing that, once again, I'm not handling anything in life. I'm letting my higher power handle it and guide me and guide this ship. Uh, I'll pass. Thank you, Christina J. Next up, we'll have Ramona M. Ramona, please go ahead. Hi, uh, this is Ramona A. in Vermont and recovered compulsive reader, and not totally sure, but I really felt pushed to share this morning. So I thank everyone for their service in providing the meeting. But when I think of reasonableness and a reason and what has happened in my life, the two don't always go together, you know, though there is a balance in some areas. But I grew up on a really fairly poor, small, rural farm in Vermont. And I had dreams of doing things, and there was just no way, you know, why, how was this ever going to work? And one of them, which was triggered by the reading today, was to learn to fly, and I did. And um, that was a surprise to me that it happened. And there were lots of other things like that in my life that I had dreamed of, you know, traveling. 
And I've been given the gift of being able to do that or, you know, just just a lot of kind of not everyday things, but just the dreams I had. But the one thing that I didn't have, couldn't get was freedom from the food. It didn't matter where I went in the world. It didn't matter how high or low I flew. It didn't matter what was going on. I was still in the food, you know. I was either dieting or eating. And, uh, you know, for any issue that came up, any anxiety, you know, that was that was it. You know, I'll just I'll just eat till I get through this and everything will be okay. You know, but it wasn't okay. I mean, and the food didn't make it okay until I found OA. And then there have been ups and downs in that. Um, I didn't understand the idea of the you know, the physical allergy and the mental thing. But coming into vision, you know, I had I had um, been off the sugar for a few years and then I went on vacation and, you know, the food came right back. And I said, boy, I've got to try something different. So been studying this and studying the big book for a few years now, two or three years, and I am recovered, and this is the miracle that I never thought, you know, never reasoned this was going to happen. I thought I had to live with this forever. So I had that, the physical recovered, but the great thing is that it never stops. The mental recovery is, the spiritual recovery is just incredible. You know, I'm um, waiting now for our son is, coming from Australia and he's they're flying he and his wife are flying and I've had every kind of temptation to be anxious you know or to be are we ready or what time please okay so I'll wrap up and when I go to God after with everything it's all working out better than I could imagine so thank you I'll pass Thank you, Ramona A, not M A. Uh, looks like <laughs> friends, we have time for about a minute and a half share. Who'd like to wrap us up for a minute? Kathy K. Kathy, Anita we are L. down to Kathy K. We're down to one minute. Sorry, Anita. Kathy, please go ahead. Wrap Thank us you, up. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is Kathy K. Recovered in Boston. And it's such a great reminder today to hear all of your shares and to remember uh, just for today to stay close to my higher power and not allow the noise in my head to direct my action. Um, that's really what the 12 steps helped me to do to stay focused and connected with my higher power, which I still cannot really define cogently. But I know when I pause and I listen and I talk to fellows, I get better answers than when I just stay in my head with my reasoning. And with that, I'll pass. Kathy, fantastic. Okay, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, uh, Monday, September 16, is 13,402. That's 13402. 
And we're now going to close with a reading from the big book, page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lynn F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Lynn, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie. And this is Lynn F. Recovered in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.